Well, let's pray. Father, we just thank you, God, for this time. And we bless and pray your hand upon those folks who can't be with us today. Um, and, um, Father, would you just be glorified and, uh, and look upon us and speak to us today. Have your mercy upon your church and upon our nation. And um, be glorified in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Um, in your Bibles, uh, Hosea 10, just real quick, and, and you'll want your Bible. There's one probably, there should be one within reach if you don't have one with you or if you don't have it on your phone. <clears throat> Who doesn't have a Bible on their phone now? I've got several. <laughs> but Hosea 10, 12, just kind of start with that and then. Cindy said, we'll be sitting for a long time, so that means I'm going to be preaching for a long time, I guess. I'm going to try not to do that. Um, Hosea 10, 12. It says, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap the fruit of unfailing love, and break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness on you. Amen? Uh, seek the Lord until he comes. Um, of course, as my wife mentioned, um, National Day of Prayer this Thursday. And um, I want us to approach it like I said last last week. Of course, it's it happens to be May 4th. You know, may the 4th be with you. It's Star Wars National Day of Prayer. I don't know. What, <laughs> you know, Luke, trust the force. I don't know. Um, but but the, the the thing that I was hoping and and would encourage us again that as we we don't just think of the National Day of Prayer as well it's on the calendar. There's a couple of things I'll try to make what I can as I go about my daily life. Our daily life is changing all around us. Our nation is is crumbling. Uh, that the family is is a direct attack on the family, and the the, the number one. Target is our children um, on multiple levels, and it is not the time for the church to just sit back and, and, and not get in, engaged in multiple ways. And um, that's why I, some of the songs were about uh, all things really are possible, and that we could really, really grab a hold of that. And as we look at the National Day of Prayer, that we might approach it honestly and say, God, just do, do some, we all do our own personal evaluation. Um, that in the privacy of your own heart, do you really believe prayer works? And I think this is a crowd that would definitely say yes, because you've seen him do it. Amen? We've definitely seen him do it. We have too. You can recall those things and be an encouragement to your faith and, and that kind of stuff. And, and there's some might be doubtful, maybe like this. We can, it's easier to believe for small things. You know, that headache or that ankle or that that one person over there. or, or It's those kind of things. Um, um, but wanting to, to, to know, do we expect, do we believe God could, could do something on a larger scale this week? Um, make a difference. Um, and um, I want to. How about you? Yeah. Um, and so I just think of, of those um, in the past, uh, like it's some, I mentioned some of them last week, some of the people who, who were uh, in a situation and they knew, they knew that um, um, Jesus could answer them. You know, like the Canaanite woman, the, the Jairus and his daughter was dying, the woman in the crowd. There's also uh, the, the man who had leprosy, one of many, but one in particular who comes up to Jesus and says, if you're willing, you could make me clean. He said, the only thing keeping me from being healed is your will. And I'm just saying, if you're willing, you have all the ability to do what I need in my life. And, and of course, 
Jesus said, I am willing. And I, want, I, I think we need to hear that as we, are, we lift up the needs before us, we lift up our families, lift up our nation, the, the kind of things. It says, God, if you're willing, it says, I am absolutely willing. He, does, he doesn't want anyone to, be, to perish. Amen? Uh, he doesn't enjoy, the, he, he doesn't even celebrate in the death of the wicked, as it says in Ezekiel. This is the, this is the, the father that we serve. And I want to really address kind of more like, that which can give us the confidence in prayer, um, and that you think about the the four the four friends and their paralyzed buddy, right? And they they Jesus was in the house and everybody was there. There's no way he could get even near him. So what did they do? They made a skylight for the people and dropped him down by ropes. And because they were convinced, they were willing to go the extra mile. Because they knew Jesus could heal their friend. And also they loved their friend that much. I mean, there's something about that too. This tenacity to just keep going after God. Um, I, guess, I guess the question we have to ask ourselves, is there anything that could cause us to back off? What level of discouragement causes us to, to, to not? And like say, you know what? I'm pressing through that. Amen? Um, because that's where your answer is going to be. I think I believe many times God. Uh, we talked about this Friday night. If you were here, a few of us were. Um, that s- sometimes God delays answers to prayer. I believe because He wants us to learn how to keep going after Him. He wants us to develop a little perseverance, a little confidence. You know, and, and if everything, every time we ask God for uh, in prayer it happened in a, in a moment or a day. We would not know what it means to, to, to seek the Lord with all of our heart and to, to take time and dwell, our, dwell in His presence. Amen? It, it, we need, prayer is, 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 is so much more than just getting answers, right? It's drawing close to God. But it is also to get answers. We'll talk about that here. But it's interesting, you know, you think about different communities and, uh, and the different responses. Um, in, in Mark chapter 1, uh, Jesus in Capernaum, all right. That's where uh, Peter and John and uh, and Peter and Andrew and John and James, where they lived, there by on the side of, of the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus is there, and people are coming. He's ministering, and then they for, they go to Peter's house uh, for dinner. And after dinner, the whole town. It says the whole town showed up outside the house, and he went out and he healed them, drove out every demon. I mean, what a marvelous time that was. And you read it, he said he healed everybody. And they brought everybody, everybody came. You go five chapters later in chapter six of Mark, and Jesus goes back home. Right? And he, uh, and by this time, he has got quite a name. Uh, he's known. He's done marvelous things of all, all kind of, more than the Bible could even contain, for sure. In fact, John even says... Uh, the, the world could not contain the, the books that would be written about what Jesus did while he was here. But he goes to Nazareth, and he's in the synagogue, and he reads the scripture, and they take offense at him. Who is, who, isn't that Joseph's son and Mary? Aren't his brothers and sisters, aren't they? And they took offense at him. And the Bible says Jesus could not do any miracles there except lay hand on a few people and heal them. A few sick people. The same Jesus, different climate. I think Nazareth needed a climate change. Right? Isn't that right? There's other places that, that have been, had a good climate. The Hebrides Islands, we've referred to that. The, that one revival, specific one, in 49 to 52, 53. But the Hebrides Islands, starting um, in about 1820, uh, they had a powerful move of God. And they, those islands have been visited by a move of God uh, every number of years, um, all the way up into the, the, the 20th century. And uh, because, why? Because there's this climate. That there's this, they... Uh, they uh, they they value the word of God. They they understand this fear of God in a sense, and and um, and God has has honored them by hearing their cries and and their prayers and 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 visiting them powerfully and seeing God move in in multiple generations. Asbury University, we're all familiar with that. It was Asbury College at one time. 
But they have, they've had multiple times of God visiting them um, in uh, prayer and, and uh, worship and revival and these kind of things. And, and, and every time, it's the, the two specific ones, one just a few months ago and then one back in February 1970, um, those specifically have impacted hundreds, likely thousands of, of colleges and university campuses and students. And that's true for this one. Why? Because there's a climate there. There's an attitude there. I've, I've, I've seen the same thing uh, in, in uh, communities where we've lived. We've been able to live on both sides of this state, both sides of Oregon. We've been able to live uh, in southwest Connecticut and up in Maine. And so we, we, we've been able to be in, in, in some significant different cultures, especially when we went to northern New England, is quite different from the Pacific Northwest. Um, as could be said about other areas, and that's not necessarily say that we're better than the others. I'm saying they're different. Um, but clearly there are places where um, the same preacher could be in one part of the country and have this big church, and then with their stories of them going to these other parts, and they go the same guy, same message, same giftings, and he can't, he can't hardly make any headway. And I, who is to know what, what kind of things that are going on there? Uh, we could get into spiritual warfare. We could get over those things. But I believe also that, that um, just in, in, even in one town, you could go from one church to the other and find a whole different climate. Right? It's, it, 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 where does it, it really eventually comes down to our hearts, right? How we treat each other. If, if there are places that, are, that have... Um, Division strife, or there's maybe lethargy, and there's a cold-heartedness, there's a lukewarm, or others with false teaching. All these different kind of things can come into into play. And um, and so this is what we've been talking about over the last few weeks after our Discovery Weekend and when, and this book, Returning to Holiness. All these things, just tools to kind of help, not kind of, but to help us be honest before God. I want to see me as you really see me. Because when God looks on us, he sees our faults, but he doesn't see that so he can condemn us, but so he could change us. Amen? Because he loves us as any father. And, and, and we can welcome that, and, and we need to do that. Because we need God to come, amen, in this place, and to move with power. And one thing about really what revival really is, is if you, in one of our sessions at the Discovery Weekend, we taught is that uh, one way you could describe revival is that dad's home. You know, he's come home. He's come to his family. And we want him here, amen? And um, I need to do those things that attract his presence. And, and, and um, um, he's not impressed with fancy worship, worship teams or, or big, you know, elaborate sermons or big buildings. He's looking for humble and broken hearts, amen, uh, that, that, that trust him and love him and um, are truly his. Um, in fact, any, any place where revival has come has, has, has always been, I'll say the catalysts that God used were, were never people, famous people. They weren't, weren't the big show people. And I'm not saying those who we would think of are well-known pastors and preachers and teachers um, if they're well known, that there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that God uh, seems to like to to look at the uh, uh, the unknowns and uh, the and has used them, and that's that should be encouraging to us. Amen. All right, because we're unknown, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Hope. So, but how do uh, how do we increase? How do we just? As we look toward the National Day Prayer, and how about just how we just live in this world as believers, as we're, as we're looking all around us and seeing the things that are happening. We see this, our governor just signed a bill, uh, 50, SB 5599, that will strip parents of their ability to uh, protect their 13-year-old child from being um, uh, altered by chemicals or surgeries um, with their gender. Um, if the child, uh, the state can just say that you're a threat, and if you don't agree that your child should be mutilated, then they'll take your child, 
hide them away in a shelter and not let you know where they are and then do to them what, what they think they want. And, but on top of that, kids can be brought in here from out of state. And um, kids can be brought in here from out of state. And likewise, the parents' rights will be stripped away from them and they will not know where their child is and what they're doing. That is not politics. That is evil. Amen? So how do we live and how, how do we walk? I mean, I, God, the, the wicked keep winning. Do you ever feel that way? Right? Well, we know at the end God wins. But I'm pulling for some wins earlier than that. How about you? Yeah, right? And I believe that there's something about <clears throat> as we as we just say, God, I want to be honest, be honest with with I want be honest with you, God, and and get rid of the stuff that doesn't belong in my heart and my mind and, and, and attitudes that are wrong and give me a new heart and these things and um and then um have a, a faith to really know you and um, um, that as I've said a, a few times in other places that really believe that we prayer meetings are not an end in themselves they cannot be an end in themselves and what I mean is if we we do not determine that we had a good prayer meeting because we had a lot of people I, 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 let's determine that we have a good prayer meeting because God answered God came. He moved. I, he could do whatever he, however he wants to answer. That's totally up to him. I just, just want us to pray, seek the Lord until he comes. Amen? And showers righteousness on us. Think of Mark. Uh, I'll probably just do a series through the Gospel of Mark, huh? Um, chapter 11, you don't have to turn there, but that's where uh, Jesus has just the, had cursed the fig tree and it died. And the disciples say, wow, it's dead. How'd that happen? You know, stay away from the farmers. Um, and uh, Jesus said, if, if, you, if you have faith to believe that, that you can say to this mountain, be moved, and it'll be moved and these kind of things. And he says, and then he says this, he says, um, um, when you pray, believe you have received it, and you will receive the, that which you've asked for. Pray that you have received it already, which means I want you to trust me explicitly. Right? And he also adds, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that God can also forgive you. And so let's not, lose, let's not lose sight of that element. As we are praying, let's let, again, Lord, am I, am I holding on to that, that thing? <laughs> Help me to let go of that. But to believe that we have received it, that, is, that can be difficult sometimes, right? Am I the only one here? No, it can be difficult. So um, I want you to think about people in your life. People in your circle of friends, right? You probably have some people that you trust without question, right? Do you have some people? Like, right. So why do they have a place of trust and others don't? Not that you don't, not that you distrust them, but these are people that you trust. Well, it'd be things, well, you, you know them really well, Right? You spent time with them. You've you've seen them, even exemplify that in different ways in, in their life, and um, but um, the point is, you know them. You, you really know who they are, and so I, I would ask the question: Could our our lack of or weak faith in trusting God in in, in the really the difficult things have really more to do that we don't know God well enough? I mean, his nature, his character. We, we know a lot about God. But to really be convinced about this, that, his, that the, the heart that he has, the love that he has, uh, um, 
How much history do we have with him walking in faith? I remember when we left the second position uh, youth pastor place in Newburgh, Oregon, um, we had felt that God just, you know, the pastor, we were going to be moving on. The pastor said, oh, Tim, we're going to just take care of you. You know, you just, we'll find a church for you and blah, 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 you know. And, and that always, that didn't settle well with me to begin with. Not that he, he really did care about us. I mean, that was a good thing. But I did, that didn't sit well. And so after a few weeks, I, I felt the Lord just says, I want you to just leave on this date. And I gave him like 30 days. So February, it was going to be a February 1st. And so, um, and so we, we did. They had a really nice, you know, we love you. God bless you. And a lot of really nice time uh, on a Sunday night. And so it was a good thing. And then I'm thinking, what have I done? I don't have a job. What have I done? And we started living by faith. Really, we felt for the very first time, we really started living by faith. And guess what we learned? God is faithful. I had no, we had no, Kim, you know that you've, we know your, your I know your story too. I mean, do you, do you have that? Do you have those moments? There was no, it didn't make sense. How am we going to pay our bills? And yet this thing came up, this, this little little handyman thing. Uh, that, and then all of a sudden this money came in. We didn't know where it was coming in. Came at just the right time. And then I did get this other job for a while. And in and, and every single way, when I had to walk in faith, guess what? He was even more faithful than I could imagine. Doing it yourself, and you watch it. Watch what you could do, and that—that's. This is the time we take those things and we bring them right in front of our eyes and say, "Remember what God did then. He is no less able to meet me now." Amen. And then this is why we need to love the Word of God. Get in the Word of God, not just read. Well, I got to do my chapter today. I know there could be days. That's all you can get in. God bless you for doing that. But that can't be our, our modus operandi, our MO, right? God wants to reveal himself to us through his word, and he'll even direct the word, where you lead. And you could be re- even reading Leviticus, and God will speak to you. <laughs> Believe me. There's some, there's some really amazing things that, that come out. You kind of skip through some of the stuff if it, talk, if it talks about, all right, kill this goat here and take his blood there and sprinkle it here and those things. But even in there, there's things. So God wants to reveal himself. And I just want to just spend the rest of the time this morning talking about um, about really, re- I guess, revealing something about the heart of God that, that initially kind of s- jumped out uh, at us Friday, Friday night. I want to just ex- expand on that a little bit. Um, a very familiar verse that we have um, is Second Chronicles seven fourteen? Maybe you've heard of that one. Yeah, yeah, a few of you have. So turn there, and uh, I want to do a quick walkthrough. Yeah, I know you don't trust me on the word "quick," but we'll try it. I believe context is really important. Amen. You want to you want to interpret the scriptures properly. Keep them in context and let the Bible interpret itself. It might take some time, but you'll be better for it. You'll be excited for it. Actually, you know, when you discover things in the Word of God, all of a sudden, like, wow, it's yours, right? Uh, you'll remember it far better than if you just heard it from somebody on the TV or on a pulpit. But verse fourteen, you know what it says: If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Amen. That is a covenant to understand that God is making a covenant with His, his people. If you will come to me on my terms, I will do this for you. Right, and I believe in the Hebrides. I, th- I don't know if I mentioned it last week. Uh, I believe that that was the place where that's how their prayer times went. As they're praying for their, for their uh, the young people and praying for the, their, their region there. It says, God, you are a covenant-keeping God. 
And we are coming to you, and we are, we are not seeing you coming and healing our land and forgiving our sin. And, and they weren't like accusing God, but they were like, we are claiming hold of the, your covenant. You made this, and we are standing in that covenant. And, and God led them in prayer and led them to that place of repentance themselves, and then God came. And so we, this is a the thing we could stand on, that God has made a covenant with his people, and we are the people of God. We are spirit, the spiritual descendants of Abraham. Amen? Very clearly, uh, the Apostle Paul makes it really clear in Romans, uh, and, and I believe also in Hebrews as well, which Paul did not write Hebrews, but... Um, but the, the, uh, the context of, of this... Go just verse 13 to, well, verse 12. The Lord appeared to him that night, this Solomon, and heard, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I sh- and then when I shut up the heavens so there's no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven. I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. That's the immediate uh, context. I want to just expand that a little bit. Look, go back to chapter 5. And we are not going to read all that. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Okay, we're just... What has happened here? Well, by the time 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 1, they have finished building the temple. It is finished. They, they did their punch list. It's all done. And all of the articles and the furnishings have been all finished. And they were marvelous, intricate, artistic, gold-covered, and, and, and bronze, and all these uh, things that, uh, that they had created. And was uh, really amazing. And so they began to bring all the furnishings into the temple. And then in verse 2, it talks about how um, <clears throat> Solomon has summoned... To Jerusalem, the elders of Israel, all the heads of the tribes, the chiefs of Israel's of the Israelite families, to bring up the ark of the Lord's covenant from Zion, the city of David. <clears throat> and all the men of Israel came together to the king at the time of the, of the festival in the seventh month. And I won't read it all, but but it was quite the celebration. They started sacrificing right there in front of the the ark. If you remember that, that was not the boat. Right, it's about a, a box, a gold-covered, elaborate box, covered in gold, and in and out, and inside were the the, the two stone tablets with the Ten Commandments on them, written by the finger of God. Were inside there, the lid, and then the two cherubim, angelic type creatures on top, with their wings, the, them looking down, and the wings uh, touching over the top of the top cover, which was called the. The mercy seat. And that's significant because it wasn't called the judgment seat. It was the mercy seat. In Romans 15, 13, God is what? The God of what? Well, it's actually God of hope in that passage. Yeah. But the God of hope, right. But, but aren't you glad he's the God of hope and he's given us a mercy seat? Right? Instead of the God of judgment and condemnation. So that, let, let, let that feed your, you know, things about, about who, who God is. And you keep going down there. Um, and they finally bring, in verse 7, they bring the ark uh, into the inner, inner sanctuary of the temple, the Holy of Holies, this, uh, this magnificent room that, that, that had these two giant cherubim, they call it. I'm not exactly sure that angelic. And they were standing side by side like this. If you were to look in, they'd be standing one here and one next. And the tips of their um, wings touched each other, and the other tips touched the, uh, the, the walls. And they brought in the ark, and then they set it right in between them. Uh, and they just celebrated as they did that. And, uh, and, and then look at... Um, and they brought out the, the musical instruments, the worship team, the, the, the orchestra came out, and they began to, to worship, saying, his, He is good, His love endures 
forever. And then this happened. Look at, look at the middle part of verse 13 of chapter 5. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with a cloud, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And it was a marvelous. And then Moses said, um, he speaks, he said, The Lord has said that, that he would dwell in a dark cloud, and I have built this magnificent temple for you, a place for you to dwell. And then he, and then, um, then he um, uh, turns, see, he, let me, let me get my, I'm getting ahead of myself here, so. Um, but starting in verse 3, he turns to the people and he, he, he talks to the people like yeah, the, the Lord has, just like he promised, he's done it. And he goes through a number of things just as he promised. Just as the Lord said, it has happened. And here we are. And, um, and then uh, he turns, uh, uh, he stands before the altar. He put a, there was a platform that they built. Um, and he, he gets up on it, and then he kneels down, and he lifts his hands to heaven, and then he prays. Because remember what we just read here uh, back in the context in verse 12 um, of chapter 7, what God says to him, I have heard your prayer. Well, we're not going to read that very long prayer, uh, but it might be, be good for you to, to read it, and you begin to re- hear all these things about I don't know, about, about, I don't know, roughly about 16 times in his prayer, he says, would you hear our prayer? When we do this and we sin, we do this, would you hear our prayer? When this happens and we call out to you, would you hear our prayer? And answer all these things, including even in verse 32 of chapter 6, is, and for the foreigner who does not belong to your people Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when he comes and prays toward this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place and do whatever the foreigner asks of you so that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you and do as do your own people Israel and may know that this house I have built bears your name. To me, that is marvelous. I mean, very ingrained in the Israelites' The, 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 the culture God is saying teaches them that, that even those who aren't Israelites are welcome when they come and join them like that. Amen? It goes on and on about when, they, people, when, they, when, the Israel, when we sin. Even he talks about when, when we're taken away to another nation and we lose this land. I mean, how insightful was he? When, we, when he cried to you in a distant land, would you hear their cry as they repent and turn turn from their ways and have a change of heart. He says, "Hear them and restore them." And then, and then going. Um, and so, what a powerful prayer! And then in chapter one, chapter seven, verse one says, when Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt... Imagine this. Now, see, the altar, there's this huge uh, bronze altar out there um, that uh, they had the, the, the sacrifices on. In fact, they had to use other ones, too, because there were so many uh, thousands, tens of thousands of, sa- of animals being sacrificed. But fire falls from heaven. Think about it later, um, Elijah on that mountain. And it consumes the, the, uh, the, the sacrifice and the glory of the Lord fills the temple. And again, the priest can't, can't even enter the temple because the glory of the Lord filled it. And when, when they saw that the fire coming down, the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord saying, He is good. His love endures forever. Let's say that. He is good and His love endures forever. Forever, and I believe we need to take those words with us because um, the Israelites—they—if you understand their history, you understand the, the Israelite nation. They've—they've they've been a nation for like about five hundred years already. The—the uh, the time of the judges was was somewhere around four hundred years, and we've already had two kings um, here, each one with forty years. Um, that's 80 there. So we're, we're talking about 500 years. So they've got a, quite a history. And the time of the judges was not a pretty time. <laughs> right? 
And so they already know that he is good and his love endures her because they're still a nation. They still exist. Right? So let's fast forward and I just end here back in Hosea. But look at Hosea 9. Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea. Hosea is not some doesn't have scriptures you'd fill up a, a promise box with, you know those scripture those little scripture boxes the promise there probably aren't very many in, from Hosea in there, especially um, this part here. Um, like I just see these titles. Look at the subtitles that, that the NIV puts in chapter five: judgment against Israel. Uh, chapter six: Israel unrepentant. Um, chapter 8, Israel to reap the whirlwind. Yay! <laughs> Sounds like the news. Um, um, and chapter 9, punishment for Israel. Because they deserved it. This Hosea was in a, a contemporary of Isaiah and, um, and Amos and uh, uh, I believe Jeremiah. I think they were a little bit older than Jeremiah. Jeremiah came and later they did, I think, maybe know each other some. But if you read through these things and see how God, I mean, Israel has just turned their backs on, they've, they've rejected, they've trampled, uh, trampled the covenant that God has made uh, uh, to them. And, and think, look at verse, verse 7 of chapter 9. The days of punishment are coming. The days of reckoning are at hand. Let Israel know this. Because your sins are so many and your hostility so great, the prophet is considered a fool, and the inspired man a maniac. The prophet, along with my God, is a watchman over Ephraim. Yet snares await him on all his paths, and hostility in the house of his God. Those who were standing for truth had the target on their back. They were the the, the, the reviled people of of their day, that the truth tellers, does that sound like anything we see in today? And on and on he goes. Um, verse 12, even if they rear children, I'll bereave them. Woe to them when I turn. This, this, God says this, second half of verse 12, woe to them when I turn away from them. These are dark times. I mean, and this did end up in, in the, the, the northern kingdom of Israel, the ten tribes. They were carried off into captivity. It was a dark, dark time. Um, and um, and he, then he continues on and on like this. And then, and then all of a sudden there's this break in chapter 10. Verse 11 talks about Ephraim's a trained heifer who loves to thresh. So I'll put a yoke on her neck. I'll drive Ephraim uh, in the threshing. That's, that's where, they, where all the harvest is brought in, right? With the stock and the, and the, the threshing knocks the, the, the grain off of the stock. So it falls to the bottom and they take the, the straw out. And then, and then there's just grain with chaff. They take those, those kind of fork type things and they, they, let, they lift the, the, the grain up and let the, blow, the wind blow the, the chaff away. Like, wait a minute. Like, is God getting them ready for possible harvest? And Judah must plow and Jacob must break up the ground. So he says, so break up the ground. So, all right. It's like God's given them an opportunity. He said, all right, this is your chance. Sow for yourself righteousness instead of the other stuff. And when you do, you will reap the fruit of unfailing love. Whose unfailing love? It's not theirs. God's unfailing love. You read that. You break up your unplugged ground for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness righteous on you. God says, I want you to break up the fallow ground, which means I want you to go to those places in your life that's been untouched, uncovered, and I want you to break them up. I want you to prepare them for a harvest. Expose what needs to be exposed, stirred up, but I want to do more than just 
bring judgment. I want to, to put abundance in your life. I want you to see what happens. When you sow to me, to my righteousness, my ways, I've got a, a harvest for you if you will just seek me until I come. And then he says, yeah, but you've planted wickedness. And it goes on like this. And, and you know, you see, the, God is just grieving for them. Until, and then chapter 11, and I want to end with this. Just hang with me. It says, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. <clears throat> but the more I called Israel, the further they went from me. They sacrificed to the Baals and they burned the incense to images. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk, <clears throat> taking them by the arms. But they did not realize it was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. I lifted the yoke from the, their neck and bent down to feed them. Who's talking here? God, but what kind of God? The Father. This is a Father. <clears throat> He's looking at his, his, <clears throat> his children. They have messed up bad. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> He goes on, will they not return to Egypt? Which, and, will they, and will not Israel rule over them because they refuse to repent? He can see the, the road back is repentance, but they won't. And look what's going to come from. Swords will flash in their cities and will destroy the bars of the gates and put an end to their plans. My people are determined to turn from me. Even if I call to the Most High, He will by no means exalt them. But look at verse 8. How can I give you up, Ephraim? Which is a, another name for Israel. How can I hand you over, Israel? How can I treat you like Adma? And how can I make you like Zeboim? Those would be other names for Sodom and Gomorrah. God is saying, how, how, how can I even do that? And look, look what he says. My heart is changed within me, not because they repented, but because he loves his children so much. I, that just, to me, that maybe, that just it gets me. That just, when I read this, all my compassion is aroused. I will not carry out my fierce anger, nor will I turn and devastate Ephraim, for I am God and not man, the Holy One among you. I will not come in wrath. Could somebody say, thank you, Jesus? And then he says, this is what's going to happen. They will follow the Lord. He will roar like a lion. And when he roars, his children will come trembling from the west. They will come trembling like birds from Egypt, like doves from Assyria. I will settle them in their homes, declares the Lord. If we can grab a hold of, of, of the, the character of our God, that this is how he is then we can turn to him. God, look upon our nation. Look upon us. Amen? Amen. That he can and will hear us as he cries out. Now, Israel, um, Israel has a unique relationship with, 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 with God um, that has not been replaced. And yet we know America... Is had, was founded on a covenant with God as well to be a, a land where which the gospel would go forth, r- religious freedom, be dedicated for the purposes of God. And of course, we have we have messed that up in many ways. Um, but likewise, again, also we as the children of God, the spiritual descendants of Abraham, the man of faith, we are the spiritual Israel, and so we. Uh, I believe we, we are in that same spot, that same place where we could stand to hold it on this. God, turn your heart. May your heart be changed within you towards us. Arouse, arise. May your, your compassion be uh, aroused inside your heart. And as we, we look towards the, the National Day of Prayer and, and not just wait for them, but we can just say, God, I just thank you 
Thank you for who you are. And that the fact that he hasn't brought judgment on us already is a miracle in itself, a testimony that the, 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 the love and the mercy of God, the Father heart of God. Amen? And by the way, we should be lifting up Israel. It's their 75th anniversary. Did you know that? As a, as a modern nation. And we should, we should be praying for them uh, as well. Um, but if we will seek the Lord until he comes... In the same way, coming on his terms, he said he will come. That I, I just hope that would encourage you to understand. That we're not pl- praying to just some king or some master or some great employer. We're, we're praying to a father. Jesus, when this, uh, I've said this before, but for those, just for the sake of point, I just say it again. When Jesus' disciples said, teach us to pray, he didn't teach them to pray our master or our king or our Lord or our God. He said, pray this way, our Father. Amen? I mean, it does, is there any parent in this room? Let me put it this way. Um, does a parent love their child before or after they do anything to make them happy and proud? Before, oh, it's if he loves, if we in our weakness and our natures can love that way, that little child, you know, your child, grandchild, niece, nephew, before they've done anything to deserve it, how much greater can God, does God love us that way? And so not only for us as we pray for a nation, how about bring it right home? What is that? say to your heart, to your family, to your situation where you're at. There's more than just a little hope of what God can do. And so that we can draw close to him in confidence um, that this is the kind of God we're drawing to. Not someone who's just waiting to just drop the hammer. Um, who's just tapping his feet and his patience about to run out. But he hears those who who come to him in truth. Amen? Amen. When we stand, thanks for sticking with me. So I just, you know, we just bow our heads. Or want to lift lift your hands in your head. Just Can we just thank God for who he is? Thank our Father. And just refer to it. Let's just take a moment and just thank him. For his great mercy and his love. Let's just lift our voices. Let's do this together. Lord, we just, we worship you. We thank you. We thank you. Just recount the the mercies he's shown us. I thank you, God, for the mercies you've shown on us. Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you've if there's anyone here, if you've grown cold, maybe or distant in your walk with the Lord or uh, your, your desire to be in the word or be with the people of God is 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 kind of taking a back step. Uh, just know that the, the God isn't sitting there to, to condemn you, but to restore you, to put his spirit in you and to bring you out. He wants he wants he's roaring. I believe he wants roaring for his church. And that roar is 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 heard in the in the uh, in just the. The wickedness that's going around us and he's trying to get our attention and come to him with all of our hearts. And he will save this nation. He will save his church. He will revive his church. He will do things in, in the hearts and lives of our loved ones that we're really concerned about that we could never do in ourselves. If we will just come to him in confidence, he is more than able to meet you right where you're at, to meet your family right where they're at, to meet your health right where it's at, to meet your finances right where it's at. He is more than able able to do all and even more that he, you could even ask or imagine. And so we can come to him and, and with, with an expectation, and I would say with the tenacity of some of these people that I referred to, we see in the New Testament, who came after, after him and others likewise who have persevered in prayer, trusting God to do what only he can do. Amen? 
How many of you just want just you've got you just want to just uh, there's, there's something you just really on your heart right now? Say, God, I need you to just take this, and I'm I'm putting my trust in you. Put your hand up. We're we're, we're, we're believing you for this right now. Believe in you, God, for right now. It's just thank Him. We just thank you, God. We're not, we're not going to back down. We're not going to give up, Lord. Forgive us if we get discouraged and, and have just kind of backed off of, of praying because things didn't happen the way we want or when we wanted, uh, those kinds of things, Lord. But, God, we, we just renew our confidence in you because of who you are. Not our ability to figure things out, but of who you are. You'd be exalted, Lord Jesus. And we lift them up. We lift up our lost loved ones right now. Just name them. Name who it is. But we lift up our lost loved ones to you right now in the name of Jesus. We're asking you, God, to speak to their heart. Speak to their heart, Lord, in Jesus' name. And reveal yourself. Well, we lift up those who've got uh, serious health issues going on in Jesus' name and concern, especially the chronic ones. Um, Lord, in Jesus' name, you're greater than that. Come on, just tell them. I thank you, God, you're greater than those things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You've got you got needs in your in uh, just material type needs right now. Just just thank Him right now, God. You are more than enough to meet that need. You are more than enough. And I trust you to lead me and to guide me into these things, Lord. I put you first because you're trustworthy. You're faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, we just lift up our, uh, we, we lift up Israel to you. Father, if you would just awaken the descendants of, of Abraham to their true Messiah, that we might see in our day what was prophesied long ago, that in one day all Israel will turn to the Lord. As they, they all come to the realization that you are the Messiah, and they turn and are saved. Protect them from their enemies and do even more than that. But God, turn the efforts of their enemies back on themselves as a testimony that you are God and they are your people. And God, upon this nation, and as we prepare our hearts up to the National Day of Prayer, Father, would you, see, would you look upon us, hear us, answer us, re- deliver us, Revive us and empower us for your glory. Um, We just thank you. We thank you, God, for what we get to see you do in this day. And um, we, um, we thank you and we commit ourselves to you, Father. And I pray as we each go from this place today that, 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 just a greater awakening in our hearts. You would you give us a greater understanding of your word and of your presence and of, of your character. Uh, that we might step out in a boldness we have not before. In prayer and in our witness for you. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 God bless you. I hope you can be at one of the National Prayer Day of Prayer events. And um, enjoy this beautiful day.